Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Digital Downs Podcast. With me today, as always, I have uh, Sunny. Yo, what's up? All right, man. Let's just uh, let's jump into the topics because um, I'm pretty like upset about some of this. Um, let's start with Ethereum. Yeah, so Ethereum prices rise, and you lose out a little bit on that potential. Yes, um, Ethereum right now is at two twenty nine, and let's see what one month ago, and like what is it? January, February, April, May. It was like May, eighteen dollars, right? No, it was like ninety dollars in May. In January, oh, okay. it was like eighteen dollars. That's a huge gain. That's one hundred and forty nine dollars over the course of like a month. Yeah. So why are you upset? Did you, you were planning on buying it when it was like 80, right? I was planning on buying it when it was like 60, $70, but Coinbase didn't have my debit card. I didn't want to like set up my bank account and it wouldn't let me buy with PayPal. And I was like, ah, fuck it. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Like it's not going to go that high. It's not going to be the next Bitcoin. And, um, now I only have $51 in Ethereum and I'm highly upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when we had the podcast with um, Aaron Watson and we were talking about digital currency and like Ethereum came up and I feel like we should have just all together just bought a bunch of Ethereum. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I, yes, I went to this weird um, webpage and it took me like, Trying to take over my Mac. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yes. Not even kidding. Okay, what were we talking about? <laughs> Talk about the thing. <laughs> I'm not oh, even yeah. kidding. It was like, it's sending your credit card data, and it was creating this dialogue. It full screened the, the <laughs> web page, and I'm pressing escape, trying to prevent the dialogues, trying to figure out if it like just crashed my computer, or <laughs> if I was like gonna need a new mac again <laughs> are you on chrome or what are you using yeah i'm on chrome it should not <laughs> it should have stopped all of that but obviously chrome hates me on Macs. <laughs> yeah i'd never have that problem just command w and bam well i tried that and i'm over here like command w exit escape uh <laughs> full screen i was like oh my god what is going on <laughs> okay ethereum okay. yeah when, when we interviewed aaron we should have each like pooled all our money together and did like a pool where we put like a grand in or something all like all together and did it and then like divvied it up. But I'm just, I'm super like upset that I missed this opportunity. Yeah. Like I don't really, I don't have any digital currency. I know you bought Bitcoin earlier and you think you sold it for like over a grand. I think it was, yeah, it was um, like 1400 or something. Yeah, definitely want to get into like blockchain, but I don't know. It's just like, I feel like, what do you think is like the next one that might go up besides Bitcoin and Ethereum? So in our Slack today in the general chat, I link to that uh, shapeshift.io. It allows you to convert currency from like Bitcoin to Ethereum or um, 
you can do it, but it shows you almost all the major like cryptocurrencies. So there's like, oh my God, there's over 40 on this list here. Okay, Honestly, so I'm going to buy some Doge coins. Well, so Doge came what out of, out of, so there's Bitcoin and then like Doge that was kind of popular and then Ether, which is Ethereum. And then there's also like Ether Classic, which is kind of popular but and then there's Litecoin. Litecoin goes up to like thirty, forty dollars, and then always dips down to like two dollars. Yeah, I'm that, looking at it right now. Like, yeah, after that, I don't really know like any of these coins. Like, I, I just, I don't understand. Like, there's just so many forks of the blockchain that it, it looks interesting. I just don't know what's gonna become popular. Mainly, what you gotta watch for is if Coinbase like, like starts letting you buy and sell a certain cryptocurrency, that's when it's popular. Yeah, so is, is Coinbase like the main, I don't know, trade network or what is that? Okay, so of course, there's no like, it's decentralized currency, so there's no main place to trade, buy or sell. But all these other like marketplace where you buy and sell uh, cryptocurrencies, they're kind of shady. I, I mean, like, next level shady. Like, they want your bank to be wired. They want money orders. And it, it's all kind of, like, very, very like, sketchy. So I'm not really a fan of all those other marketplaces. Coinbase is a digital wallet and a marketplace where you can buy and sell. But the thing with Coinbase, it's, like, FD, what is it, FDIC insured. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's, like, an actual bank. And then on top of that, they allow you to like connect your PayPal, your bank account, your credit cards, and then you actually have to verify your identity with a, a driver's license or like a passport or something. So it's the most like reputable and also like the most like mainstream, I would say, way to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. Yeah, so you, I mean, so it looks like like um, cryptocurrency kind of really is starting to blow up in the recent like couple months as opposed to like i mean we knew about bitcoin for a long time but i just never really got into it because i didn't really see the value in it um so that's my main thing like i don't really know how many people are actually using it to buy stuff online or i guess it's mostly for sending money to other people no so it's it's a currency so you can buy and sell anything and anywhere that accepts it but the thing is it's not that easy to like you know, sell it to somebody who doesn't know. Like, your parents don't know what Bitcoin is. Like, my parents don't know either. So I can't be like, hey, can you send me a Bitcoin? Yeah, that's my thing. It's still, it's like, I feel like right now it's really just starting to blow up where more and more people are starting to know about cryptocurrency. Exactly. I think where it's going to really blow up is, is like a bank that like Citibank or some sort of bank starts allowing you to st- store your your cryptocurrency with them instead of like having to use coinbase or something you can actually trade with them that would be like super duper like gratifying for the cryptocurrencies yeah i feel like that'd be like the final step i'm sure that in between that google and apple with like the their own digital wallets if they can support cryptocurrency i don't know i don't think they do right now so 
Yeah. If they do, I think that would be probably like the next step. Well, but yeah, I don't really know too much about it, so. So I was reading, you know, I was reading that American Kingpin, the epic hunt for, um, I forget what it was, the epic hunt for, uh, it's about, it's about uh, the Silk Road and the guy who ran it. But I think that was the first time, it was what, 2013, all the, 2012 that all that happened. Mm-hmm. And that's when Bitcoin first came into like everyone's like like center of attention. I actually had started mining Bitcoin. I started um, like paying attention to it. I bought and sold a bunch of Bitcoin back then. I had like like at one point I'm looking at my Coinbase right now. I had one point like twenty Bitcoins and I just sold them because I thought it was like thirty bucks a piece. I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I did not think it would blow up to, like, you know, $2,000. Like, that's insane. It's more than gold, man. Yeah. (laughs) It's the new Wild West. So, the only thing is... (sighs) I see that you have, like, some reservations about it. And trading on currency, normal currencies are tied down to, like, a GDP of of a country or an economic zone. So, the U.S. currency, you can buy and sell currencies and, and bet against it and, and see where it, which way it's going to go. Uh, Bitcoin and Ether and all these other digital currencies, you don't have any like base point on where to understand the, where the currency is going to fluctuate towards. It's just kind of off of like what's going around in the global market. So when China like did this weird thing about um bitcoin not not verifying it or something saying it's not an actual currency bitcoin dipped and when like another country like says oh it's it's a we can actually see it becoming something in the future it'll rise so it it's sort of still tied to like actual speculation and like real life news it's just super hard to understand what's going to affect it yeah that's my thing like i feel like primarily it's good for investment but until there's a good kind of trust or backing system into it, I can't really fully like you, you fully put my trust into it. Yeah, it's not like you buying a stock and you understand what is being made and and you don't have all these numbers and all these like statistics and research and um, investors relations that sh- that you can like understand what's going on. So. I don't see like my parents or your parents getting into it. When that starts happening, I think that's when like all the early investors of Bitcoin and Ether and all that will start getting out, which will tank the price. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you want to talk about the essential phone? You want to you give us a rundown of it? Yeah, so pretty simply like Andy Rubin, he's the co-founder of Android. Um, so he started his own company called Essential, and he's basically designed his own um, Android phone. Um, it's called the Essential Phone, and it looks pretty nice. It's like a edge-to-edge display. There's a little bezel on the bottom. Um, there's like a little camera thing at the top, like where like the middle of the status bar. Um, and overall, it's like a very decent phone. The main thing with it is it's modular, so um, we can talk about it a little bit more in depth. Um, just that, that, that weird cutout for the, the camera gets me. 
I don't really mind it so much. Like it's, I, I think the point is strong where it's, you know, there isn't really anything that shows up in the middle of the status bar. Um, my only issue is I don't know how video shows on this. I'm, I, I guess there's like cut bezels on the left and right. So I'm not sure. But uh, I don't really mind it. I don't think it looks bad. I'm curious to see what the aspect ratio on the phone is because like the LG uh, G6 has a different aspect ratio. So like video kind of looks odd on it. You have like black bars on the side. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they do like a similar thing where they impose like a black bar on the side to make the video 16 by nine. Yeah, I think so. Um, I know the verge got their hands on like a demo piece of hardware for it. Yeah. Um, they had a, they had it at the code conference where the verge and the code and recode kind of host their, their, their conference. Andrew Rubin had a talk on stage. He, he got, he gave the verge access early access to one of the prototypes. It looks very boxy. It looks beautiful. Like Galaxy S8 owners are going to be very envious of this phone, but at the same time, that cutout—it's just still an awkward, an awkward like thing to do. Um, on top of that, there has to be a better way for that. Like I don't un- understand why they did that. I think it's also weird how since it's supposed to be like a modular phone where you can have like a 360 camera module they can put on top and have like a 360 camera. I'm surprised they don't have like a selfie module where you can just like not have a front camera, um, but you can just clip on like a selfie camera um, whenever you want. So you can have like just completely just all screen on the front, like no bezels, and then just have like a camera that you can either like maybe rotate it or just clip on at the top. I think that'd be a cool idea. I, oh man, I like, I would love to say that self taking the selfie camera from the front is like taking the selfie camera out is not a big deal, but everyone takes selfies. I know it's, it's like, it's unpopular. I, I know like unpopular opinion. I mean, but it just, I don't know. It's, uh, again, it's like, you can have maybe if you take a lot of selfies, maybe just have like a small strip that you can just put on top of the phone. Just kind of have that option there. Yeah. I feel like, because there's still like a little bottom bezel on the on the bottom. Like, why didn't they put the camera there? Ooh, that'd be weird, though. Having the camera well, on the bottom. Well, if you just, I don't know. I just there has to be a better option. Again, I don't mind it. I and I think any like phone owner um, with this will probably ignore it after like a couple of weeks. They're not going to notice it. So that's the main thing. And I don't think it looks that bad. Like, I, I think it's fine. Well, my other big thing is, like, Andy Rubin is the co-founder of Android. He he created this innovative software, and he helped shape the mobile world. But he's introducing a phone that's largely boring. It, it strips, like, a piece from the Galaxy S8 something from like the iPhone, um, a little piece from Motorola. Like there's nothing like super innovative about the phone. It's just another Android phone. I think it's nice to have a good competitor because this is going to compete with the S8. It's going to compete with the, um, the pixel line of phones. 
And I, I think it's still innovating a little bit in terms of like it's modular and the only other phone that we had those modular, I think was like a Motorola phone yeah, um, that had like Moto mods. Yeah. Um, the S8, it doesn't have, it doesn't have any modular aspect to it, right? No, not that I know of. Or I think it's, what was it? The I think Maybe it was an LG phone um, that had like the clip-on battery or something like that. Oh, the LG G6, doesn't it have like extra mods and stuff, right? Like friends or something? Yeah, I think so. But um, I don't know. I feel like they're just kind of pushing modular phones where it's more normal and more realistic to have, you know, a 360 camera that you can clip on or anything else. Just kind of have it be a more of a normal thing. That, that's totally true. I do like the, the modular part of it. But I'm just, like, I'm strung up about how much coverage this phone's getting. Like, I understand it's from Andy Rubin, but I I haven't seen, like, this much fanfare around a phone in, in, like, recent years. Like, every single, like, tech blog had two or three articles about this phone in, like, minutes. One about the phone release, one about how innovative it, it, it is. Like, The Verge called the cutout smart and efficient, which I think it sounds the exact opposite. And then also, like, they had, like, their jokes, like, about the phone. It's, the phone's essential to your life, but the headphone jack is not an essential part of the phone. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I guess, guys. So, I know you want to get the phone, so, t- so tell me what, like, motivates you here. Also, I'm in consideration um, because right now, like, I have the 6P and I'm having a lot of issues with, with that phone. Um, and it's feeling a little bit outdated with, like, you know, the screen's not, like, you know, bezel end-to-end uh, display. But um, for me, it's, like, between the Essential phone and the new Pixel phone, which we don't really know too much about yet. Um, but I like, like, it's a good spec device, has a large battery has USB-C. It doesn't have a headphone jack, but honestly, I don't really use like a wired um, headphones with my phones to, with my phone too much. Um, like it's a, just a decent phone, so it seems kind of nice upgrade. And the software is going to be really pure as opposed to uh, the S8. So it just seems like a good option for me, just from kind of moving from a Nexus line of phones, um, and then. And it's pretty much as this versus the Pixel, and the Pixel isn't out yet, so so that's pretty much where I'm at. Well, the Pixel will come out in October. Wouldn't wouldn't you want to stay in the Google ecosystem and kind of have the Google flavor of Android, or or what, what do you think about that? Like, do you think Andy's phone's gonna because because essential phone, it's an unlocked phone, and it'll supposedly work with all the carriers. But all the carriers have said, yes, it'll work on our network, but not any of the advanced features will work, like HD calling, uh, voice over IP, and stuff like that. Do you, Is that like a deterrent? I mean, I'd, I'm definitely going to wait and see, like, as people get their hands on it and see kind of how the software experience is like. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, like, it's kind of just seeing how this phone is once we get our hands on it because it's not shipping until june well hold on back up with the shipping date they're taking reservations right now they're not actually accepting anybody's credit card information they're just like letting you get in line to possibly pay your money andy has said that he wants to get these start 
shipping in 30 days. But that doesn't mean in 30 days we'll actually see the phone truly. Like, I feel 30 days is a super tight and it'll end up being like, you know, how like Elon says, we're going to go to Mars in 2018. And he's like, oh, no, no, sorry, guys. I really meant 2020. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this could definitely flop in terms of, you know, if they can't get it out to customer sands like very quickly. But I again, this is, I feel like an, like an enthusiast's device, much like how the Nexus and Google Pixel line was. And considering it's coming from Andy Rubin, I feel like it will integrate pretty well with um, kind of the current Google ecosystem. I could be wrong on that, but that's kind of um, what I'm hoping for anyway. Yeah, I just, I rather stick to the Google phones, partly because I'm on Project 5, but the other part is I know Google will optimize Android to a level that even a central phone won't be able to optimize for the hardware. It's just Google understands their their operating system just to tweak more. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, it's just it's just a phone that I'm definitely up for. I think it's a phone that people should consider, um, just because it's like it's there's nothing necessarily wrong with it, unless you know the camera slit. Like that's kind of opinionated, so it depends on how you feel about that. Um, and there's no headphone jack, but outside of that, like. It's a decent Android device, um, and we have to get our hands on it to kind of know for sure. But um, just from first impressions, it seems like a decent device. Yes. So it's a decent device, but I just I don't see it taking off. That's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. um, There's definitely the, like a lot of hype for it just because it's from Andy Rubin. Yeah, that's the big thing is just Andy's in charge. Oh, everyone wants to see what he's doing. Let's talk about uh, Microsoft and the Surface Pro 5. Yep, so... Well, it's just the Surface Pro. I wanted to see if you, you said something, but you didn't <laughs> catch it. Nope, not a, not a Microsoft fanboy here. Well, so the there's, Surface... there's one there's one issue I have with this. Um, you can give a quick um, description of it first. To... Okay, so the Surface Pro is the next iteration of the Microsoft Surface Pro 4. It's uh, upgraded slightly. There's just some new hardware. It's using the latest Intel Kaby Lake processor. So that means a, a true Core i5 will be completely fan, fanless. So it's just a heat sink now. Um, otherwise, they just opted out of the fans. They upgraded a little bit of the stuff. Um, they upgraded the pen. And other than that, it's the same device. It's just the Surface Pro now. No longer Surface Pro number yeah, so nothing really fancy going on going on with this. Just an nope. incremental update, I guess. Very much uh, just an incremental update, just like the Xbox One S. This is just, just like that. Okay, so it doesn't have USB-C. How, how do you feel about that? It just it pisses me off because I was listening to a podcast and they were trying to argue and support Microsoft here. Um, their argument revolved around how USB-C is still very confusing to consumers because there's USB-C, there's also Thunderbolt, which I understand it uses the same port and it's not the actual same, same, like the same standard. There's different parts to it. Um, the other part they're trying to say is 
the cheap chargers that you find on Amazon will destroy your $2,000 laptop. Yes and no. But I still think Microsoft is just holding out because they see the Thunderbolt and USB standard as a Apple and Intel thing, and they don't want to get into it just yet. So my issue is like the way that they're kind of mocking their customers in terms of like not being able to figure out, you know, well, if you buy an off-brand charger, there's a chance you might mess up your computer. If you use like your phone charger, it's not going to provide enough, you know, wattage. Like I feel like that's pretty common sense stuff. Um, yes, there has been a lot of USB-C issues, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like they should have like given a little bit more respect to their customers and they could have just used USB-C and then provided like one legacy USB port. Um, I don't really see like a lot of other laptops have been doing that. So I don't see the issue with doing that. Well, remember back, I don't know, like five years ago, maybe not even that. Um, they were switching from USB, like the original USB to USB two. So you had like, you would buy a laptop and you would have, um, the regular USB and then the USB uh, 2.0 with or 3.0 with a little blue slot in there that had like the fast transfers. Yeah. So the like PC makers would have like one of the fast new USB ports and then they would include like 20 other just regular USB ports that are the black ports. Why didn't Microsoft just do one USB-C, do everything else and then just ignore the rest of it of it? Yeah, that's exactly what they should have done instead of like, oh, you know, we'll provide this dongle because people who love USB-C obviously love dongles. Like it just yeah. like it's like it's clearly a joke, but they're actually going to release this like US or whatever their um their proprietary port to USB-C dongle. Like it just it doesn't I don't know. It's just, it's just like a huge joke in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm also curious does that dongle provide the same speed of transfer for that USB-C does, or is it just the slower USB-3 transfer speeds? Yeah, who knows? Because, like, the way it sounded, like, it, it, it just sounded like a big joke. Um, and it should provide power because it's using the same, like, proprietary charge port of the Surface. But I don't know how that technology works in terms of transfer speeds. Like, I just, I don't know. And can you also connect like an HDMI display and other peripherals? I like, I just, I don't know. I don't think you could because it would have to use Thunderbolt to do all that because USB-C only provides data transfer. The Thunderbolt is what provides your, Thunderbolt 3 provides your HDMI and your like, your charge, your your high power charging. So, if oh, so they're doesn't... doing just a purely USB C dongle, not Thunderbolt. That's what I'm assuming because, well, because you can't plug Thunderbolt into a USB like Type A port. Okay, so that makes it even less useful. Like, oh well, yeah, see see how confusing it is though. <laughs> I mean, like you can simplify it though, like. Because my main issue is, you know, these large technology companies have to push new standards. USB-C is the new standard. Um, just like educate your customers and, you know, provide a legacy port for now while we kind of transition from USB type A to USB-C. And, you know, kind of just like make sure that your customers, you know, buy the right adapters and know what they're using. I don't know. Yeah, but... 
Apple got all this this backlash for for pushing USB-C and now Microsoft's getting backlash for not supporting it. So there's no win-win in the situation in, in the end. Yeah, I guess I still respect Apple for, you know, pushing it harder. I, I respect it a little bit, but I don't respect that they didn't include any legacy port at all. Yeah, that's true. Um, also the fact that they price their adapters so much. Like, yes, they discounted them, but they were still just super expensive. Yes. Let's talk about uh, drones, man. Yeah, the DJI Spark, it's it's actually pretty cool. Um, it's like a small, it's a $500 drone. It has a 1080p camera, um, and it's the size of a smartphone, or just about. Like, it's pretty pretty insane in terms of, like, drone technology. What yes. It's um, one of the smallest drones, like, held up next to a cell phone, like a Galaxy S8. The Spark is smaller. I think the most, like, innovative part of the, the drone is the fact that you can um, control it without any, any controller. So you don't need a phone. You don't need a controller. You can just hold it in your hand. It'll take off. You can control it with hand motions, and it'll take, like, a quick 30-second video. I think that's the coolest part of it. Yeah, because that makes it very much like it, it gives a lot of use cases to just have this be like a consumer drone instead of those that are using, you know, DJI Mavic Pros for like filmmaking and getting cool aerial shots. Like this is, you know, for, you know, group family pictures. This is for like vacation videos or photos. It's like that sort of stuff. And you don't need anything special to control it. That's pretty cool. Yes, it's it's DJI really pushing hard into the consumer market. The interesting thing about DJI, there is no, like, close competitor to them. Like, there's GoPro, like, hey, we made a drone, it doesn't actually fly, it falls out of the sky, but we're trying. But DJI feels like they have, like, stiff competition from everyone. Like, there's no one making them innovate this quickly. They're just doing it on their own. They're, like, pushing hard. Yeah, they're essentially, like, the Tesla of drones, because... No one's really pushing Tesla. They're just kind of doing it on their own as well. Yes, they're they're exactly like that. That's the best comparison. It it's super interesting to see DJI, a Chinese company, just innovate like left and right. They did the Mavic, which is like, it's like a middle tier, like, not quite a prosumer device, but it's still something for like the 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 hobbyist. The Spark is definitely just for the consumer. It is a little expensive. It starts at four ninety nine, though, so that's where it's going to be a deterrent still. Yeah, I think as they release like the second and third version, the price should go down. So it's kind of just you know, you know, it's just like the first version of the of this type of class of device. So it's going to be expensive. But my other gripe with it, though, is I think it's how long does it last in terms of battery? I think, I think it's like, it's what, like 15 minutes? 15, 20 minutes, like the average like battery life of a drone these days. Yeah, I don't think it was anywhere near like 20 I think it was like 15 or 16 minutes. I feel like that's really low. Um, I know that you can buy extra batteries, but considering this is like a consumer device, I feel like they'll want to fly this longer. Yes, I also feel like if it's just going to be for like quick videos and like some like motion controls and stuff... People are just going to use it for, like, a selfie or let me take a video of, like, the the little space around us. 
Right, but it's just like, I, I don't feel like a lot of people would pay $500 just for that. Um, anyone that's got the money, like, yes, but I feel like just on average, like, I don't feel like a lot of people will buy the Spark. It's going to get a lot of people wanting it, but not actually buying it. Yeah. Um, but once they reduce the price, like, next year, then I think it's going to be a lot more sales for DJI. Yes, true. Um, I think that's it for the news. Do you have anything else? Nah, I think that was it. So, let's jump to personal topics. I'll start. Uh, beyond the rain in the background, I don't know, can you hear that? No, I couldn't hear anything. Someone's lawn mowing, so I don't know if that's heard on my side. Someone's mowing their lawn at 8 o'clock at night? I mean, it's still pretty light out, so... That's still insane to me. Just <laughs> There's got to be like, like a city zone or ordinance against that. I, I don't know. Um, uh, I still hate myself for not buying Ethereum. I'm like slowly buying like $20, $30 here and there, though. Oh, so you're still... Oh, yes. you're buying Ethereum? Yes, I'm buying it in like little pieces. So like today I bought like $50 worth of it. Oh, okay. Trying to trying to not regret yourself as much yeah because i feel like if it goes up more it won't be that bad like i try to catch it on like the low for the the day so like i caught it at like 200 what two days ago or yesterday and i bought like 50 dollars. so it's already two something 230 so i made a little bit of money yeah it could definitely go up to as high as bitcoin so who knows yeah, so hopefully if I keep buying now, like twenty, thirty dollars every couple of days, I can get one Ethereum and then one Ether and then feel okay about it. The other part of my news is um, I'm moving on Friday from the apartment to the house, so everything is a mess, and that's why we're recording late because it's just it's just been packing and organizing everything and trying to get ready for this move. Wait, so are you moving this Friday? This like Friday. June, June 1st or June 2nd? June 2nd. Thursday I start. So June 1st tomorrow is when I'm going to go over, have the internet set up. I'm going to install the smart lock, install the Nest, set up the cameras, and then um, we're going to um, move everything over Friday. That's crazy. Must be like it's stressful, but must be super exciting to just, you know, it was like your first home that you've owned right yeah it'd be like the first home like apartments like so different is you're just in like it's just not the same as like an actual house yeah like we've talked about this a little bit but like i in the somewhat near future i hope to buy a home as well it's just like a good investment and it's yeah it's, it's completely different from you know just paying rent in a department yeah like i think i think definitely like waiting being in an apartment was helpful for us because we were able to save money a little more and like it just put us in a position where we could move to something like this and, and get in there yeah it's like um, more in the short term versus actually having your money go somewhere yeah everyone says that there's this big argument about whether you should buy or you should keep renting but and because there's always some sort of like you always have to pay something if you're renting you're just you're paying a monthly rent. If you own something, a house, you end up paying maintenance costs, uh, city taxes, um, 
school taxes, all that stuff. So you're still you're still paying something in the end. Yeah, that's true. So well, congrats, man. And everyone Thank else you. should as well. Um, um is that news? It? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so think about like two weeks ago, I talked about um the watch band, it's uh what is it called? The leather loop, I think. Um it's basically like the same Apple Watch um leather band that you get. Um, but this maker they make it for Android wear, so it actually came in. Um it's like my favorite uh watch band ever. It's like really easy to put on and it's just really comfortable. So just like I really recommend it anyone that has an Android wear watch. And then I decided real, oh sorry. Real, real quick, um do they make that just for Android wear or is it like multiple different types of watches? Um so uh, it probably does work for any type of watch. Um they sell one for like each specific one. So like there's I got the one for the Moto 360 um for the second edition. There's one for like the Huawei watch and other Android Wear watches, but it's just a 22 millimeter band with quick release pins. So I'm sure that you can just use it on any standard watch. Okay, because I can I have a Pebble right now, and I kind of just want to buy it for that. Because yeah, you probably have release, to be should... careful, like with the Motor C 360, to have it, like to have these two like sticks coming out, and that's where you attach it to. So I'm not sure because with the I Pebble, I think it like goes inside the actual watch you know the watch part i don't know it's still it's still external sticks because you can go to like walmart and buy just a off-the-shelf um watch band yeah so i mean so, it's just it's 22 millimeters so it should work yeah yeah and it has quick release which is nice so i i might end up buying it there's one on amazon for what 20 dollars yeah it was pretty cheap so and then I'm also, I ended up, I, I decided to get desktop speakers and I found these really cool ones. They're um, by Edifier and they're the E25 Luna Eclipses. They're like 200 bucks. Um, has really good reviews, but I really like the style of it. Um, what, what do you think of these speakers? Like, I don't know. I, personally, I would have gone for like a, like a Sonos Playbase. Like, you know, not a Playbase, a Sonos like speaker, you know, a Play One. Just done two uh, of those. How much are they though? They're one ninety four each. Yeah, I can't. Um, I just keep finding sound bars for Sonos um, Play. It's it's a Sonos. Sorry, it's the Sonos Play One. Sonos Play One. Play One, I believe it might be. Yeah, the Play One. They're they're one ninety nine just for one, but they're not really computer speakers, but. I think that would have been like a good option too. Yeah, I was trying to stay away. Like, even though these are Bluetooth, um, they're still wired speakers. So I was, wanted to stay away from just having like a Bluetooth speaker. Okay. So I wanted because like sound quality was the main thing that I wanted. Um, but I okay. just like the way these look really futuristic. They also um, have really good reviews. Yeah, so they should fit up my setup pretty well. I got like a black and white theme going on, so. I'll they sh they'll come in tomorrow, so I'll post pictures on on my socials. And you'll have to you'll have to write something about about it for DB. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. Okay. Um. Is that it for this week? Yeah. Okay. I know it's it's short this week. Normally we talk like a little bit longer, but I have to do some more packing and and like get ready. It's pouring outside, so I'm like slightly worried 
that our power is going to go out. Like yesterday, like 70,000 residents in San Antonio didn't have power for like most of the day. So, <laughs> Oh, damn. That would suck on moving day. Yeah, so I'm trying to make sure I hopefully like have power today and it doesn't rain tomorrow and Friday. Yeah, yeah I feel like there's also like this episode doesn't really feel upbeat. Um, I'm kind of tired and I know you definitely are with, you know, preparing to move and stuff. So we do apologize for that. I'm also very upset about Ethereum still. Like I'm super, <laughs> I was just like all day I, I was thinking about it and I'm like, man, I just, I regret that not buying into Ethereum. Yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, you guys can find us on the Apple podcast store, whatever they're calling it now, uh, the Google play podcast. We're on Stitcher or SoundCloud, uh, just search digital bounds podcast. You can find us there. There's also links in the show notes to all that. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, we're digital bounds. If you want to read like some, some interesting news, um, digitalbounds.com, we don't, I haven't been writing as much just because of the move and then I've been like freelancing a little more. So there is more editorial like hot takes than actual like just quick news articles. I think it's been pretty good with just getting like the main news and a little some small things here and there. So Yeah. Uh, I the traffic stayed steady, so it's not affecting too much. Most people go and read like those those best alternatives of the play base you know like stuff like that mm-hmm. um your twitter handle is sunny um it's a sunny sink i uh okay i i always <laughs> want to do your old one the sunny is me or whatever i mean you still can't yet sunny is moi <laughs> oh, still oh go to it. okay <laughs> so sunny thing i owe i'm leon hitchens on twitter uh you can uh find us there or you can like email us if you f- figure out our emails uh we'll talk to you guys next week bye bye